What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, as always, Jack Vita. As you can see, we brought along a very special guest. It's Brian Cohen from the Challenge Our Half a Podcast on the Rob Has a Podcast Podcast Network. How are we doing tonight, Brian? Doing great. Doing great. Doing a lot better than I was yesterday afternoon. The nerves have settled, but the nerves will kick back up in 24 hours. But uh, very happy to be here right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Brian, you're a huge Yankees guy. So uh, we're very fortunate that we didn't have a game 163 yeah. situation. Have to push this podcast back. Unfortunately, uh, last night's football show, for those who were anticipating it, our guest actually works at a news station. And he got called in and had to uh, go into mm-hmm. work. And that's how it works in this TV news business. So um, there was no football episode this week. My apologies, guys. And we didn't have a football episode last week either because I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. We'll have one soon. Uh, but tonight we're previewing the MLB postseason. And this is, of course, hot off our last couple episodes when we talked with uh, Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick, uh, Survivor legend and Philly's uh, World Series champion wife. And then uh, Mario Lanza of the one, funny 115. Uh, we talked some baseball last week. And uh, Brian, uh, we this is just a great string of guests that we've had here over the past few weeks. So welcome, welcome back. Yeah, it's a tough act to follow with all those heavy hitters, but I'll <laughs> I will do my best. Uh, you you're a heavy hitter too. You got a big time <laughs> podcast. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's it's okay. Me, I'll take medium, medium size for medium, uh, the challenge, okay. but not on the. I guess there's more than there used to be. There didn't used to be a lot of challenge podcasts, but I guess now they're popping up more every day. But yeah, we, we really... were one of some of the original ones on the streets. Yeah, so were you guys, it was you guys and Bill Simmons when it started, right? Yeah, I think that's really it. Now there's like, you know, Bananas has one, like all these other people are trying to like catch up, catch on to the wave of the podcast, but we built this, uh, we built this city. Yeah, so guys, make sure you guys check out their podcast if you watch the challenge. Um, I'm probably going to catch up at some point this season, haven't watched quite yet, mm-hmm. um, but the challenge is always a great watch. It's on MTV, very popular reality show and now they got some people from survivor and i know we have a lot of uh survivor fans that listen to the show so uh the mm-hmm. challenge uh check out brian's podcast but tonight we're talking baseball of course and brian uh let's just rewind a little bit so mm-hmm. last time we talked you were on here for the first time it was back in april actually it was a yeah. long time ago so it was mm-hmm. early in the season um the yankees were really at the rock bottom at that point i think they only played like 12 games but they had the yeah. worst record in the AL. I think, so. I think they were like four and eight or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really slow start, but they made it here. They got into the wild card game. Regardless of what happens from this point on, are you satisfied as a Yankees fan? No, no. I'm not because it, th- this core now, like flashback 2017, like that was like, okay, they got in, they made a good run. You can be satisfied. But at this point, like they spent all the money on Cole brought in Stan, brought in all these pieces, spending all this money. They haven't even been to a World Series with this core, let alone win one. So, especially it's the Red Sox. Like, if they were losing to, like, the Blue Jays in a one-game playoff, like, I, I think the Blue... It sucks, because I think the Blue Jays are, like, by far the best of those teams that didn't make it, unfortunately, for them. So, if they lost to the Blue Jays, it wouldn't sting as much. But losing to the Red Sox in this spot, this would be... This would kill, like, the whole... I would be in such a bad mood until April. So, <laughs> it's, it's just can't happen. The way you sound, the way you say "sucks" sounds like such a New Yorker. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that uh, New York blood. You know, that's what it's in. Okay, so you also had a a bold prediction that we should revisit: Dodgers mm-hmm. potentially 120 game winners. 
Hey, uh, 106, I think yeah. it was what they finished with. 106. Not bad. Not bad. Amazingly, not the, not the division champs. Definitely, I feel like if you rewind the tape, some of the things we said about the Giants didn't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't sound too smart. Uh, but I, I still, I, even now, I still like don't even know if I could take, the, like, I don't know if I have to take them seriously, the best circuit in baseball. But it's like, it's amazing what they've done. Unbelievable year for them. But yeah, Dodgers, 106 wins. They had another unbelievable year. Um, I think they I saw sadly had like one of the best like 40, 50 game stretches to end the season and they gained like one game on the Giants <laughs> during that stretch. It was I mean they're they're loaded top to bottom. Um, you know, everything I said about them I feel like was true. They're so deep. They added pieces. I didn't I think they had Scherzer and Trey Turner, uh, but adding those, I mean, they're they're loaded. I, I think they get out of this one game playoff. I, I think they're probably the favorites to win it all, but I mean they have to get through the Giants and the Giants just have like some, you know. Magic uh, shoe this season, so I don't know. That'll be a hell of a battle. Yeah, they also lost a piece, but we won't talk about that right. on the show. No. no, Trevor Ho, we don't know him. <laughs> no, it's funny, though, because I remember saying on that show, I'm like, yeah, the Giants, they're managed by Gabe Kapler. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. And of course, this is a good segue into our awards for the 2021 season. How can you go against Gabe Kapler as a National League Manager of the Year this year? Yeah. The Pakoda projection for the San Francisco Giants entering the season, 75 wins. They beat that by 32 games. That's great. That's got to be one of the largest jumps compared to what a, you know, an over-under or Pakoda projection might have been. I mean, I'm sure there might have been some that fell super short, but to beat that projection by that much, it's, it's almost impossible to do because you have to win that many games and to be projected for under 500. Uh, it's it's just an unbelievable season, start to finish. Like they, I don't think they ever had like a, a week or two where they were like even playing that poorly. Um, just an unbelievable year for them. Uh, gave one off to the old school mentality of you know what they've kind of built over there. Some of the old school pieces, mixing and matching some of this stuff. So it's an unbelievable year for them, and it's it's going to be so interesting to see if they can keep it up. I mean, they've been the best team in baseball all year, and it, it's going to be it. It sucks for them that they're going to have to face if they do the Dodgers in the first round, but. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to, to beat him again. Yeah, the Giants remind me actually a lot. I thought of this recently. They remind me a lot of the 2005 White Sox, where it's just a team that wasn't like the White Sox made the playoffs in 05 and then they made it again in 08. Mm-hmm. They weren't a team that was consistently good. But that year, all the pieces fit together. They had this amazing team chemistry and every guy had like a career year. Yep. And that's what we're seeing with the Giants. And as you mentioned, the worst month they had this year, I think it was uh, May or June. It was like they went like 15 and 11. That's right. the worst month they had this year. They absolutely ran through this entire season. Incredibly impressive. Um, are you arguing against Gabe Kapler? Are we Are we in agreement here? I, I don't even know who else you would kind of put there. I mean, to, to overperform that much. And it's also like overperform, and he just had such a big candidate. It's not like all of a sudden they had superstars that were carrying them. Like he had to make crucial decisions, lineup, bullpen, rotation. Like he was as big a part of it as any individual player on that team. So of all the awards, to me, this is like, I don't know how this wouldn't be unanimous in his favor. And I almost think, I don't know how the other league wouldn't be unanimous for the manager of the, the year as well. So I think these Ooh. two, of all the ones, I think are probably the biggest runaways. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, We'll move over to the AL in a second. I think the one guy who will probably finish second, Craig Council, Mm -hmm. uh, this Brewers team did overachieve. And really, we'll talk Milwaukee later. But if you look at their lineup, 
there's like no offensive production yeah. from that team past Willie Adamas. It's it's pretty uh, you know it's a pretty average lineup to say the least. So Craig Council, great season for him, but yeah, it, you got to go Kapler here on the AL side. Who's the runaway for you? Because I actually yeah. had a tougher time with this one. I, I I think it's Kevin Cash clearly. I mean, I think kind of similar to how Kapler has to run the Giants, like he is as instrumental in their success, the way he has to build the lineup, build the bullpen, build the rotation. And just to give us a little credit, I think we were kind of more optimistic on the Rays in yeah. that April podcast than a lot of other people thought. People saw, oh, they traded Snell. Like, they're kind of, you know, they had their run last year. Now they're going to punt and reset. They got other people coming up. But what you know, was your take on them coming into the season? Because I did actually project them to have the best record in the AL this year. Yeah, that, um, that's um, yeah, that's right on. Yeah, I, 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 Thought they would definitely be. I thought they would probably finish second. I thought the I, me, I thought the Yankees were going to win the division. I thought the Rays would be right there behind them. I didn't see the Red Sox um, putting together this type of year, and I thought the Blue Jays were still a year behind. Uh, they they definitely caught up to you know those expectations. But I thought the Rays they still had a lot of the pieces from that World Series round. I didn't think losing Snell was that big a deal. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a good solid pitcher, but you know they didn't trade away Max Scherzer or something like that, a two hundred and fifty inning guy that would lead the rotation. And you know when I. Th- I, I, I wasn't surprised to see them do as well as they were doing early on. I thought when Glass now not went down, I thought that was going to be pretty detrimental to them because he was like their big top of the rotation guy. And I really thought that was going to leave them struggling. But I mean, this is what the Rays do. They lose a guy and they just keep on going. And now, you know, they have Wander Franco, the next, you know, probably superstar in the league that uh, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to deal with him and Vlad Guerrero Jr. for the next, you know, well, maybe Guerrero for the next decade, Wander until, you know, five or six years until they have to trade him away. Uh, but, uh, you know, worrying about, I mean, they just got pieces coming up and uh, Cash is, you know, he knows how to handle them. It's funny you mentioned the Blake Snell trade because that was one where I remember looking at San Diego and obviously disappointing year for San Diego. They fired Jace Tingler and now we'll see what happens in terms of their managerial search. Um, but they picked up Darvish and Snell and I wasn't mm-hmm. really in on either guy. Here's the thing. Albert Destrade, survivor Albert, of course, he mm-hmm. sent me this uh, be- actually shortly before I went on. He was watching some MLB Network segment. He sent me a screenshot, and this is honestly fascinating. These are notable pitchers after leaving the race. Blake Snell, Chris Archer, Alex Cobb, Jake Odorizzi, and Matt Moore, and none of these guys have an ERA below four since leaving Tampa. So Snell, 4.2, Archer, 5.19, Alex Cobb, 4.90. We've got Odorizzi at 4.49, and then Matt Moore, 5.5. Yeah, and I think Odorizzi, I mean, I think he had one decent year for the Twins, but that that was yeah, really it. Yeah, I mean, everyone else, if the Rays come calling for a trade, you hang up. There, there's no coming out of there <laughs> thinking like you did anything that great. Yeah. So if they want someone, you should promote him to the big leagues. You should do whatever you want to keep him. Or if they want to trade someone away, you should be like, what's going on with this guy? Uh, yeah, you don't. Don't keep giving the Rays more pieces. They have enough pieces. Pirates, stop giving them. I can't. Pl- I didn't even realize that there was another piece in that Archer trade. I thought it was done with uh, Glass now and <laughs> and uh, and Meadows. Uh, yeah, Meadows. And then all of a sudden, Shane Bies is coming up. He's like the, the one of the, you know three uh, three starts already in his career, looking pretty good. He might be pitching one of the postseason games for them. It's like that trade's not done. How, how do they give him more pieces? <laughs> So you're in with Cash, and I actually, Cash is not the name I wrote down, but I really, I had a tougher time because I think there are a lot of good stories that you could go with. With mm-hmm. Cash, there's one. Uh, Dusty Baker is one that a lot of people are going with. Uh, Tony Larusa probably won't get the votes, but there's a case to be made for mm-hmm. 
I think he did a really good job with the Sox team. The reason I would not vote for him is because that division ended up being extremely right. weak. Um, I do think they it, it, they excel. He did a good job. I actually went with Scott Surveys of the Seattle Mariners because mm-hmm. this Mariners team, similar to the Giants, extremely low such. Uh, expectations they're probably right around that same Pakota mark 75 wins they won 90 games this year came so close to making the postseason and in order to do what the Mariners did this year that there's a lot that relies on the manager to change the culture of the team so I I had a tough time with that one Mm -hmm. honestly cash will probably win it but I did end up going surveys there yeah, I think if the Mariners pulled it out and pulled out one of those wild card spots, I think more so than any other award, I feel like they really want to give manager of the year to someone who helps, you know, propels the team into the playoffs or, you know, either best record or a wild card. So I think if, if the Mariners pulled it off and they claimed one of these two spots, I, I think he would That's get much more support. But uh, I think falling a little bit short, not that I'll put any blame on him for that last weekend, but just falling right. a little bit short, I think would probably it would probably knock him down. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just trying to, as you said that, I thought of the only time I can think of that a manager, one manager of the year and his team did not make the postseason was 2000, the 2005 or 2006, 2006, I think, Joe Girardi with the Florida Marlins. Yes, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it might have been the year before. It was probably, yeah, it was the year or two before then he came over to the Yankees. So, yeah, I think it was probably 2006. He was only was, there yeah. one year. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe it was 2007 then. Yeah. No, I think he was. He went over to Fox for a little bit. Oh, yeah, the year off. Okay, so yeah. then it's probably all six. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, rookie of the year. Who do you have on the AL side? So I don't think he's gonna win it because I I don't think he played enough games. But to me, like I I like the way I like to view like Cy Young, rookie of the year, MVP. Like when we look back five, ten, fifteen years from now, and these guys are like getting in the Hall of Fame, and you want to have this on their bullet point. Like that's a good. Wander Franco. Like obviously it's way too early to project him to make the Hall of Fame, but he just he has all the makings of like the next big superstar in the league, and it just would make so much sense for him to be Rookie of the Year his first right. year coming up. I know he was only what was it two or th- two or three months that he was up, so he he wasn't here that long compared to you know a, a Rosiani or like someone like that, or there's some other pieces. But Wander Franco, he's just so good. He had the you know the on base streak that just you know came to an end uh, the final week. But I mean, watching him this weekend, terrified every time he comes to the plate. You know, he bat even when he makes an out, it's an absolute grind to get him out. He's one of these now all the he doesn't strike out that much. He just puts the other great at bats and he just he just looks like that great superstar. He had such a great rookie year that again, I, I lean towards, especially if it's close, and I, I think it is close here, that I would just give it to the guy who I think is gonna have like the big, big career, and this could just be another kind of line in his in his career uh in his career resume. So for me, I I'm gonna give it to Franco. That's a really good point. Honestly, I hadn't thought too much about that, but that kind of makes me reevaluate reevaluate the way I think about this moving forward, I think. I have Luis Garcia for the Houston Astros, 3-3-0 ERA uh, in 25 starts. Um, really a key piece for that Astros team. Really, uh, I mean, we looked at that Astros team. I looked at it in the preseason. And I said, well, Verlander's gone. Mm-hmm. Cole left a couple years ago. Who knows what you have left in Granke? I, I just thought, you know, yeah, Framber Valdez, he looked pretty good in the postseason, and Urquidy's looked pretty solid. But I wasn't going to bank on the Astros this year. I, I really didn't have a whole lot of confidence in them. Their pitching staff was really good. Garcia was such a key guy in that rotation. Um, so I, that's where I ended up going with this. 
Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. Um, and again, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to win. Like, I don't think Franco's going to win. I'm sure he'll get, yeah. I don't know if they do top five or anything like that for this type of award. But yeah, I don't think he'll win just because, again, the games didn't add up to enough. But that, that's where I lean. Yeah. All right. NL Rookie of the Year. Who you got? This is, this is also close. Uh, to me, I was going Jonathan India of yeah, the Reds. Um, just a, a really sensational year for the Reds. It's kind of a bummer to see them. I don't think they even, like, you know, tampered out too much. I think the you know, the Cardinals just didn't lose the entire month of September, so it kind of <laughs> makes it tough to make the playoffs when that happens. But I mean, he had a great year. Uh, seems like another great piece for an up up and coming Reds team. Um, I actually I saw him a couple games. We went to the when he was up here against the Mets, and I saw him play. And he just he provides such a spark for that lineup. He's aggressive on base pads. Really, uh, just a fun player to watch. And he just had a a, a, tr- a really really good year. Yeah, I went with India as well. I mean. Yeah, he everything. I echo everything you said. The Reds had a really strange year where there was a time in early September, late August, where Padres, Reds, Mets, Phillies, mm-hmm. like all these teams are kind of screwing around. And it's yep. like, win this, take the second wild card yep. spot or win the NL East, do something. Like it's there for the taking. And they waited too long, and that's when the Cardinals passed. That's what ended up happening there with that second wild card. Yeah, there are a lot of takes of, like, you're going to look up. You know, the Reds are playing the Pirates and the Cubs a lot down the stretch. That all of a sudden, the Reds are going to take this division. And then, yeah, just, you know, the Cardinals just didn't lose. Um, so, if, you know, if the Cardinals, instead of winning 17 straight, go, you know, 10 and 7 along that stretch. Well, I'm curious to see how that, you know, wild card race looks down the stretch. But um, the, Reds are, the Reds are a fun team. So, um, they got another piece there. And maybe for, you know, going forward, they spend a little money this offseason, get a couple more pieces in there they could they can make a run at the division al cy young feels pretty easy for me yeah it's i mean it's gonna be robbie ray but this i feel like this is gonna be the one of those that you look back on you're like wait robbie ray won a cy young really <laughs> like he's like in that rick porcello boat like there's really no one else who gave it to cole with the you know he got covid he kind of struggled down the stretch you can't really give it to him there's really i mean there's really no one else there but it's gonna be one of those like really you're doing like a sparkle <laughs> of all the Cy Young winners and you forget Robbie Ray. You're not to take anything from me. He had a great year, led the league in strikeouts and everything, but it's still, yeah, you know, it, it, it's surprising to see him come away with the award. And yeah, I agree. I, there's really no one else she can give it to, I don't think. Yeah, Robbie Ray has had a very strange career. I'm, I pulled up the baseball reference. Uh, he was fantastic in 2017, 289. Mm. Um, and then 2018, he was good, 393. 19 and 20. Were not good years last year between Arizona and Toronto. Of course, only twelve games, eleven starts, six six two ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of had been all over the place in his career, but put it all together this year. And I mean, yeah. hopefully for his sake, it's uh, the springboard that launches him forward for this next second half of his career. Uh, really great year for Robbie Ray. He's the only pitcher that's qualified in the AL side with a sub three ERA, which I find actually yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. Especially because, especially with the way offense was down for a lot of the first half of the season. That is, that is surprising. Yeah. Very odd. Okay. This NL Cy Young, this one, I feel like you could go any direction you, you want. So I'm really curious where you went, Brian. Yeah. I, I, I was, I'm almost still debating it <laughs> in my head right now. <laughs> I was going through between, uh, I know there's a lot of talk about we. Yeah, I, I could I could give mine. Yeah, what's what's it. yours? What's okay. yours first? So here are the names, really. The guys right now: Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, another mm-hmm. one. Uh, Kevin Gossman, great year. I don't think he's quite in that category. 
Um, and then my pick actually is Zach Wheeler. Yeah. The reason why I went with Wheeler, and look, I know Burns, great year. Scherzer, great year. Bueller, look, with Burns and with Scherzer, like the Brewers and the Dodgers, they each have two of those guys. Like mm-hmm. Wheeler had to carry the Phillies pitching rotation. Really, their only other formidable arm in the second half of the season. I guess, and you know, Kyle Gibson, he was up and down a little bit, but Ranger Suarez, he was very good. Uh, once they moved him out of the bullpen in the pitching rotation. But for the most part, the reason why I'm on this Zach Wheeler thing is if I think about it, and look at this, look. So Corbin Burns and Max Scherzer both around a 2-4 mm-hmm. ERA. But Zach Wheeler threw 200. So those guys, uh, Burns, 167 innings. Scherzer, 100, 179 innings. Wheeler, 213. So Wheeler's throwing 45, what, 45 more innings than mm-hmm. Burns is and those guys. So how many starts is that? That's like how many? Let's see. It's like seven starts probably about. Yeah, like seven or six, eight. Seven starts. So yeah, six, seven, eight starts. Yeah. Yeah, seven or eight starts where he's going six innings deep in the games. I would rather have a guy who gives me seven or eight uh more quality starts where he pitches deeper into games um with a, an ERA that's 3 points lower or 30 points lower I guess you would mm-hmm. say um because I really am starting to think right now especially in modern baseball I I just want guys who are going to show up to work consistently and give mm-hmm. me give me a lot and so that's something that I think durability is kind of being undervalued right now people mm-hmm. say oh well if he was healthy like he would he would have even better numbers and it's like yeah, but in order for my team to compete, I want you to be healthy. That's part of it. So I look at what Burns, Scherzer, I think, I guess the one guy who I put, uh, Bueller did have the innings. So Bueller would be uh, really, really close between Wheeler and Bueller. Um, but the fact that Wheeler was just carrying that Phillies rotation and almost, I mean, they were actually kind of close to winning that division. Yeah. Um, I would go Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I think I think you saw me. I was very torn. I want I wanted to give it to Scherzer because again, you know, a future Hall of Famer, just another another tick in his belt, and the fact that he really like he swung, like that trade, him going to the Dodgers instead of the Padres, just swung the entire balance of the National League and really just the entire balance of the season of baseball. So like you have that factor, but I, I do agree. I think innings, I think innings even more so than you know games for a, a batter. I think that because obviously each starter's game is it swings the entire balance of that game so you have six seven eight more starts uh especially when you're comparing it to who might be your sixth starter or you're going like with a bullpen game like that's such a that's such a swing of, of performance as opposed to, you know you might get someone that replace a hitter for like a week or two and they can get hot and do whatever they need to do but to have a, a replacement starter it's such a such a drop off especially from the upper echelon guys that yeah i i I, I I'm very torn. I think this is going to be one of the more split votes. I'm very curious to see how the actual voting comes in. With you know, I think it's a few different guys are going to get first place votes, which will make it very interesting. But yeah, I, I think I would give it to Wheeler as well. Yeah, and the and then the other thing is the fact of how much you're preserving your bullpen. So yeah, that too. You're saving your bullpen in a, in an era where guys just don't go deep into games anymore, mm-hmm. and it's you bullpens are taxed more. So if you're able to save that bullpen for the starts when uh, Kyle Gibson's pitching or whomever else is making those spot. Uh, Zach Eflin, another guy. Um, yeah, that's, that's extremely valuable. So, uh, we're both in on Wheeler 
AL MVP, a really historic race. I think we know which direction it's going to go. Yep. And I discussed this uh, a few weeks ago with the rest of Destrade of Valley Sports uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. But I don't know which direction you're going in, Brian. So who do you have? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a clear choice. Um, you know, a historic player. It's got to be. It's got to be Aaron Judge. It's got. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's <laughs> no, it's got to be Otani. I mean, the season he put together. I mean, this is what people like. You know, when he came over to the states, this is what people said. Like he's like the next Babe Ruth, and you hear that, you like brush it off. Like okay, he's the next Babe Ruth, <laughs> sure, whatever you say. And then he comes here, he struggles early on, he gets hurt. He, you know. He, and in this season, he puts it all together. And I mean, the stats you see, even just offensively, I saw that I couldn't believe that he was the first hitter ever with 45 homers, 25 steals, five triples. And that's just as a hitter. And then you put together all his his full season of starting. He stayed healthy the whole season, which is which is great to see. Um, and it just sucks. He's not. I mean, him like the same thing with Trout. He's not going to be playing postseason games uh, to be on that national stage. But I did think he, MLB did a decent job trying to get the Angels on prime time enough to kind of showcase uh, Otani. But I mean, it's an historic season. Vlad is a fantastic player. Um, if he had actually won the Triple Crown, maybe that's where things would get a little dicey. But um, you know, he wasn't able to pull that fully off. Not to take away from his great season as well. But when you have Otani doing what he did uh, this season with the pitching and the hitting, I mean. It's 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 a season that your people are talking about for the next you know hundred years. So it's got to be him. Yeah, I remember uh, All Star Break that week. That was all anyone was talking about was Otani. It's mm-hmm. like he's going to do the home run derby. We're going to see him pitch. We're going to see yeah. him hit in the All Star game. Like this is everything we want to see. Um, so it was his season, and we're going to remember this as the Otani season. Yep. He should be the AL MVP for that reason. Uh, We've talked about Otani so much this year, and rightfully so. But are there any other guys that have had great years that were maybe overshadowed just by how good Otani and Vladdy were on the AL side? You know, I joke, but you know, you see this the level of performance that Aaron Judge did put up, and he was, I mean, top five. I think it was like average slugging. Uh, you know, I think a top five might have been top five in WAR and you know OPS. Uh, he's a great defensive outfielder. He's even playing center field for a lot of the season with all their mixing and matching. So, like, he's obviously not going to win, but between him and Stanton, they're probably each going to get fifth, sixth place votes, something around there. They'll probably finish around fourth, fifth, sixth, and. I mean, as a Yankee fan, like this is when you know, saw Stan come over, the, they both battled injuries, and you see these guys, you just want them to both be healthy at the same time, causing damage. And it was truly so fun these last two months seeing them put together the type of run that, you know, we dreamt about them doing. And they both carry this team that had a lot of flaws, and they really, both of them, uh, they would go back and forth. One stretch, it was Stanton for like a week, like absolutely carried them. You now, the last few week, few days, it was Judge, like absolutely carrying them. Um, and it was so much fun to see. So, yeah, it's going to get lost, I think, a little bit. And sometimes, He's like almost like people think he's overrated, but like this season, I think he was underrated with how well he did. Yeah. I mean, he batted two eighty six. People and his strikeout rates was his his lowest of his career. So I mean, he's he's putting it together. I know he's a little bit older. He's not like a, a young kid anymore, but I mean, he's he's put together like a season that you know, as a Yankee fan, you would only hope for. Yeah, no, I think Judge is a great uh, and Stan, both those guys in this category. Marcus Semyon would be another one for Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I think he hit 40 homers. Yep. Uh, did he hit 40? I think he did. I think he got the even 41. Yeah, he, he had a great year. He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. And uh, Sal Perez, of course, another mm-hmm. guy, 40, 40 home runs in his mid-30s. Uh, he's, looks like he's going to 
He's trying to do a Nelson Cruz here in this uh, second half of his career. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, led the league, led the league in RBIs as a catcher, which is, I mean, just unbelievable. I know RBIs is an archaic stat, but <laughs> led the league as RBIs as a catcher. Well, you know what? It's funny. Amazing. I think it's interesting with RBIs because when I was talking with Arrestus uh, a few weeks ago, he was like, he was like, how many RBIs do these guys have? And we were debating NL MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so RBIs are still still valuable it's i think it's interesting how how polarizing rbis yeah. are but yeah I, I i think there's value to every stat um, yep that's that leads us into our nl conversation here mm. so i was i've been all over the place with this i was in on tatis for a while and then tatis lost the award at some point here mm-hmm. in august or september and then i hopped onto the bryce harper train and i mm-hmm. was like I felt like I was kind of leading the charge on that for a little while. Um, but I also, you know, the awards aren't decided in the middle of the season. I thought Bryce uh, was the, was the front runner maybe t- as recently as two weeks ago. I don't know if Bryce Harper's the MVP. Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto's had a fantastic year. I can get into the numbers in a second, but I'm curious to know where you're at with all this. Yeah, I'm at the same point. To me, it's between those two, which is so interesting. Harper and Soto, I feel like as long as Soto's with the Nationals, those two are going to be compared and linked <laughs> uh, kind of forever because basically they had to like let Harper go with the, with, the, with the money, and now Soto's kind of the guy replacing him. And Harper's also an interesting one because he's another one that I think people feel it's overrated, but again, I think it's reached a level where now he's underrated. That yeah, people truly underrated. don't understand like how good this, not just his career has been, but it's because this season has been. I mean, you talk about Karen, like he was the guy for that Phillies team that was hit. It was really him and Wheeler. Like they were like the two guys that were from start to finish really kept the Phillies in the race and down to at least the final week. Um, and he's just had a fantastic year, but I, I'm so torn between him and Soka Soto. I mean, it's tough. I, I, I'm always skeptical, to, again, to give it to a team that, you know, traded off all its pieces. It was t- clearly in rebuilding mode. I, it's not a knock on Soto. Obviously, he's not the GM. He can't control that. And then you see some of his numbers. Like, I mean, he's lumped together with, like, Barry Bonds, Ted Williams. It, it, it's the crazy, the level of performance and his his on-base percentage, his slugging. The level of his second-half performance was just incredible. And hopefully that, that'll finally end the myth of the stupid home run derby curse. I mean, I love that he specifically <laughs> pointed out, like, oh, I wanted to do the home run derby to help my swing. And then he goes on to have one of the best second-halves in the history of baseball. <laughs> so I think maybe that could finally be put to bed. Um, so I lean... Soto, like, yeah. but like it's fifty five forty five. Like, if Harper won, absolutely well deserved. Good for him. He 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 should get it too. Um, like I would get, I would vote Soto one. But again, I I could totally understand Harper getting it as well. I really wanted Harper to get in the playoffs because mm-hmm. it would have been so easy. It's uh, yeah. like this guy put the team on his back. Him and Wheeler really put the t- <laughs> he put the mm-hmm. rotation on his back. Like they deserve these awards. Um. And now, unfortunately for Harper, and this won't define his season, but a lot of people are going to remember now as they get ready to vote, 0 for 11, 0 for 12, and that mm-hmm. Brave series, the biggest series of the year. And look, that's going to happen. That doesn't yep. mean he's not clutch. He had a great season. Um, but at the same time, because he went on a little cold spell here at the end of the season, his numbers, which I think he was batting like 317 uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, he's back. He's down to 309. So him and Soto, very you know eerily similar numbers, and we'll go. We'll run through the numbers here in a second. But I, I think the thing is, is we have to get over the idea of voting for a guy whose team made the playoffs in this right. case. So 
with Philly, I like I, I I look at Philly and Washington as similar. Even though even though Philly had a winning season, like neither team made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it to someone who made the playoffs. I would, I guess it'd be Freddie Freeman. Um, but Freddie's season wasn't. You, you know, he had a great season. Maybe he'd be third in this voting or yep. fourth. These two guys had remarkable seasons. So, all right, here's the numbers, and it goes on. What do you prefer? What are you looking for? There are a couple things that swing it for me. Juan Soto, he he did play 10 more games, so I like that. Um, and in though he played 10 more games and had 60, 60 no, 55 more at bats, he struck out uh 41 fewer times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like below strikeouts, but yeah, here we'll run through this. Okay, so uh Harper, 35 homers, Soto 29. Uh, RBIs, Harper with 84, Soto with 95, stolen bases 13 to 9, Harper with the leg up on that. Uh, And then batting average, 309 to 313 for Soto, uh, 429 OBP for Harper, 465 OBP. It's unbelievable. Uh, 1,044 OPS for Harper, Soto 999, so 999, pretty close. OPS mm-hmm. plus 179 to 175. So here's what I like. I do like that he played more games, and I also like the uh, the strikeout percentage is a thing for me. Soto with 14.2% is how much he's striking out, and then Harper striking out 22%. Um, I, put a, I do value contact, especially in this uh, era of baseball where mm-hmm. – um, the strikeouts are through the roof. So if you're not striking out and you're putting the ball in play, I, I like that more than I like the strikeouts. I like the, I do love that OBP number. Um, I think I actually value OBP a little more than I value OPS. Um, so I think I would go, but like, like you said, I would go Soto, but I don't mm-hmm. think you're getting it wrong if you're voting for either of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's one, two, them. Um, I, I would again. I would similar to you. I would like to give it to someone who makes the playoffs, but to me, Freeman is just a clear step below them uh, for his level of performance. That like that would be too far going down the narrative route to give it to him. So I think yeah, it's Soto, Harper, Harper, Soto. However you want to slice and dice it, I think those are the top two. And uh, again, I, I agree. I would give it to Soto, but Harper absolutely fully well deserved. So if we're going playoffs, if we just eliminate these guys. It could be Freddie. It could be Austin Riley. It could be Trey Turner would be another one. Muncie was in the conversation for a little while, but yep. he kind of cooled off towards the end of the year. Um, Willie Adamas would probably be another one that he'll mm-hmm. maybe finish top 10. But yeah, none of those guys really wow you. No. Yeah, no, that's and that's why it's, yeah, I'm fine giving it to a Soto or Harper don't make those because there's just not that clear top guy from one of those playoff teams. I mean, you can even toss like a Scherzer or something like that into like yeah. the MVP talk uh, if you wanted to as well. But it did let, that that kind of just shows that there wasn't that clear hitter who's a step above everyone else who maybe didn't make the playoffs or at that level. So yeah, it, it's Harper or Soto. You know, I, I will, I want to give Freddie Freeman a little credit here. Cause I'm looking at it. 300 batting average, 393 OBP, 31 homers, uh, OPS. Ooh, OPS. Not his his OPS isn't touching 900. So mm-hmm. that that's probably significant uh, step. I mean, yeah, obviously not up to the same level as those guys. 
But the one thing I will say for Freddie Freeman is the fact that they lost Marcelo Zuna and they lost uh, they lost Acuna, and that team looked like they were dead in the water mm-hmm. midway through the season. And uh, him and Austin Riley, it was more of a joint effort between the two. And I think that's where, like, if you could give the award to two guys on a team, like if mm-hmm. it was like who your co MVPs from one team, best duo, yeah. that would be the best duo in the NL. Yeah, Riley in particular. I mean, I remember when he first uh, came on the scene, there was a lot, he was hitting home runs left and right. And I think last season he really struggled a lot, um, and there was a lot of question about his place there. And then this season. You know, put it all together. That's why I think it's it's so hard to look back on that 2020 season and really put much stock into a lot of it, for, especially for some of the young guys that, um, you know, didn't have a lot of history at all with even breaking in, you know, going through a spring training and then to go through everything that they did last year with COVID and the shortened season and the chaos of it all. So it's so hard to like judge anyone from that year. So then he comes into this year and really puts it all together. Now going forward, they have another cornerstone piece that uh, they can really build upon. And I don't, I know Fre- uh, Frey is a free agent, but I really don't see them letting him go anywhere i I think they will try their very best to lock him up uh and keep that core right there they'll keep them and speaking of albert and the braves by the way albert's a huge braves fan and we were texting back in like january february and he basically proposed a trade and he was like uh uh austin riley and then there are a couple other prospects in that trade for chris bryant he proposed to me as a chicago guy i was like done let's do (laughs) it um I think the Ra- I think the Braves are pretty happy that they I hung on so. Austin Riley. Yeah, good thing uh, he's not in charge of the <laughs> team right now. I think, I think that not that Brian Bryant's uh, no slash, but I think uh, yeah, you keep Austin Riley for the next <laughs> you know four or five years. You have him under control right now. Oh, we love you, Albert. Albert will be on here next week probably. So nice. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, so let's let's preview the well before we do that. Anything, anything worthy to note here on the before we turn the page on the regular season? Thoughts on the regular season? It it, it was good to get back to a full one sixty two. I think the sixty game sprint was fun, but I, you know, as, as as weird as it was for as a Yankee fan following their ups and downs, it was nice to get back to the full yeah. six month grind of a season. Really get to see who could you know stick through it all through the injuries, through the long season, through the summer. Um, it was a great season, a lot of fun. The last week of the year was a lot of fun. Uh, last day of the year was a lot of fun having them all play on the same day, which I think uh, MLB, that was one of the best decisions they've made. Uh, they don't really make a lot of good decisions, but I thought that was a really good decision that they've made recently, having them all play at the same time on the last day. It's a lot of a lot of fun intrigue. So it was just good to get back to the full 162 of it all. Yeah, I 100% agree. I felt dissatisfied by the 60-game season. And I was glad that we got something rather than Mm -hmm. nothing, obviously. But, I mean, baseball is my beloved. I love this sport so much. And I'm already now with the regular season. Like, it's like that Casey Musgrave song. I'm happy and sad at the same time right now. Like I'm pumped for these post these this postseason, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna miss. You know, we the the clock's winding down here. We only got a few weeks left, and I'm starting to see the writing on the wall. Because um, I'm gonna miss watching my two baseball games at a time every single night as mm-hmm. I just kind of de-stress and relax. But luckily for for us, uh, college basketball isn't too far away, so that mm-hmm. can be my replacement in the winter 
in the there's always time. there's always something there. There's always yeah. something. <laughs> and you got the off season, the free all the hot stuff talk to. Oh yeah. The the very exciting uh labor negotiations this yeah. winter. Yeah, oh yeah. That's gonna be something else. <laughs> um yeah, no, I think this was a really good season. I think there were some great storylines. Um it seems like I guess I haven't looked recently, but I've seen early in the season the ratings were up. Um Mario and I were talking last week that we feel like They've done a, a a better job of connecting with women and young girls and getting mm-hmm. more uh, women interested in the sport, um, which I think is a is is a great thing. And obviously, I think that's important for growing the sport of the game or growing the game. Um, so I think it was a good season. You had this Otani mm-hmm. year and a lot of great things. I guess the main stories, of course, uh, now to wrap everything up. We've got our playoff teams and everything set. We had a really wild weekend um great great final weekend going in thinking hey maybe we have a four-way tie for the al mm-hmm. wild card um of course brian was not wanting that but me i was rooting for some chaos i'd right. love to see that and uh so now here's who we got this is how everything shook out in case you missed it tampa bay rays are the number one seed they will play the winner of this wild card game the yankees at fenway park against the red sox Mariners and Blue Jays, great seasons, uh, just missed out by Toronto was out by a game. And uh, in fact, the Mariners missed by two games. I honestly would not have wanted to play the Blue Jays more than any other team on the AL side. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's funny when the Yankees clinched, obviously the Red Sox game was still going on. So if the Red Sox had lost, it was all great. The Yankees get the home game, but then the Red Sox and Blue Jays would have that one game playoff. And I was in the back of my head. I'm like, but I'd rather go to Fenway or host the Blue Jays. And I think I would rather go to Fenway. I think the Blue Jays are just, they're just so dangerous. Like I, every, I, that three game series we had against them the last week of the year, seeing like even as good as the year as Vlad is, but Bichette just scares, he scares the crowd. He's so aggressive. Every, every chance he gets takes the extra base, does whatever he needs to do. Um, their lineup is top to bottom, so deep. Um, they, they, they're a very scary team. So, I mean, there was no good answer. No matter what, it was going to be a very, very scary one game uh, situation, but uh, it, it, going to Fenway, I guess, is probably the better situation than hosting Blue Jays. But it, it, they're both; they're, it's, it's going to be a you know a war tomorrow night. So yeah, absolutely. And then we've got the Astros as a two seed and the White Sox. I guess we'll walk through the seeds as we go through these matchups. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's preview this Yankees Red Sox game. Um, of course, a week ago we had that uh, Yankees sweep at Fenway. So I think confidence, morale mm-hmm. through the roof for you right now. Is it pretty high? It's 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 as high as it could be going to a one game situation. I mean, it's amazing. The Yankees. This is their fourth time doing this one game situation. All three have been home. They're two and one. It's the first time going on the road, which will be a new experience. But I mean, this one game, like you see some of these games, you know, you give up a couple runs early, and it's you know, it's nerve wracking time because you start counting the outs, and it could the season could just be gone, boom, like that. Um, so it's very nerve wracking. But I mean, I think each Yankees and Red Sox probably feel pretty good about who they have on the mound. Uh, obviously, Yankees with Cole, Red Sox with Evaldi. I feel like uh especially with sale like not really at full strength um and we saw him struggle on sunday so may i i feel like the red sox have who they have who they would want on the mound going in so it, it's going to be very nerve-wracking it's it's you know it's not a fun game it's not you know even a best of five you know you feel like the season's over if you lose game one but it's you know you still have a few games to battle back but here every inning every pitch is just like 
it's it's brutal this one game but which i like i know there's a lot of pushback especially with you know the dodgers winning 106 games and them having to play a one game thing but i love it i i think this is super fun i really 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 hope they don't expand to six or let alone eight oh, teams going you. forward thank I, you i think this is great if anything I, if they want to get rid of this go back to four i'd be more fine with four than going to six or eight um, I think for, this is just a, if you're not in it, it's super fun to watch this game. Um, and again, yeah. it just adds importance for the divisions, which I think baseball more than any other sport prides itself on its division races, its division champs. So it gives that level of importance. Um, I think the, I mean, the one thing I wish they should do is they should reseed after the wild, or at least reseed based off record. Like, I don't think like if you win the wild card game, you shouldn't have to go to the best record team. Like, I think. If the Dodgers win, I think the Giants should get to play the Braves in the first round rather than the Dodgers. I guess I would be fine making that. I'll do you one better. I'd like to see the one seed pick. I I love that, too. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is uh, it was kind of like underreported. But if there was like that four way tie, um, there was there was a picking situation because I think the way it worked was like the Red Sox and Blue Jays were technically the top two seeds. So they picked to host like the play in to the playing game. And then the Yankees ahead of the Mariners got to pick who they play. And they pick the Red Sox if the case it was a four-way tie. So I would love to see picking or reseeding or something because it is kind of sucky, especially for the Giants to have to play the Dodgers if it gets if it happens that way. So make that switch is fine, but keep this one-game situation. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. It'd be like the challenge where you can just call out whoever yeah. you want to come down, and that's the kind of challenge that that I mm-hmm. really like. So yeah. all sports, I think all sports should do. I, I think it's so fun. Bring it to football, basketball. Um, I think it'd be super fun to add call out teams uh, for the playoffs well the other addition that i've i've suggested on here and it's never going to happen because we're going to add the dh the nl uh this winter but my idea i've had for a few years now is i would absolutely love to have the uh winning league of the all-star game Mm -hmm. so let's say so this year is american league and let's just say the yankees go to the world series and they play the giants yankees get to choose now do they want the home field advantage to have the extra home game or do they want to they do they get to choose they can they can if they want to they get to choose which leagues rules they play with for the whole series mm-hmm. that could be fun that could be fun yeah i, I think that'd be really cool mm-hmm. but i mean it's not gonna it's not gonna yeah. matter anymore because we're all going to all universal going to the DH. dh pretty soon but yep. i agree with you i don't want to see expanded postseason like the reason why that major league baseball does so well in the regular season is because the regular season matters. Mm-hmm. The NBA, their regular season ratings are, are not good. It's because everyone makes the postseason, and we want to see like these big series where it matters something to win their division. I think what you got to do, what they should do is hang on to what they have right now. It's, it's set up extremely well right now. I didn't like the wild card game at first because I'm like, you shouldn't go down to one season. But then I realized I'm like, oh, if you win your division, you don't have to deal with that. Like right. it, it is it is like an elimination on the challenge. Yeah. Like you have a chance to not put yourself in elimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that I would like to see is over the next 10 years, let's let's add two expansion franchises and then you could potentially do something like they have had in uh, in the NFL with four divisions of four mm-hmm. teams in each division and then six playoff teams in each league yeah but until we expand the league let's not add expand the postseason yeah if they add two teams then yeah i think going to six is fine but right now with 30 teams 
uh, 10 make the playoffs and, and go from there. Get the 32, you can make, uh, yeah, the top two get a buy. But baseball is always tricky with the buy more so than any other sport because it's like, then it's going to be the whole, is it a disadvantage to sit out the whole first round unless the first round is maybe a best of three or something? I don't know. But they'll maybe you do something like that. But yeah, I think it's all they had a couple more teams, which I think will probably happen down the road. Um, let's, let's keep it as is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I know that. So the only time that I had the experience of like watching a, a team I'm a fan of in the wild card game was 2015. The Cubs got in and that was actually a very stress free night for me. Um, but I've heard John Boy and talking Jake uh, talking Yanks podcast, of course, and mm-hmm. talking baseball. They talk about how when your team is in that wild card game, it is like the most stressful day of mm-hmm. the year. It's it's awful. But to everyone else, it's great. It's fun. So are you are you anxious right now as we talk, Brian? Not right now. Um, and I probably I'll be a little bit when I wake up, and then when I <laughs> you know eat dinner, getting ready, that's when it'll really that's when it'll start kicking in. Yeah, because it's because it's not like, a, like normally if you're in a best of, like a winner take all game, you're either about to either you know go to the league championship series, you're about to go to the World Series, you're gonna maybe win a title. Here it's just like this is just the claim that you're even in the playoffs because like you lose this game, it doesn't even feel like you made the playoffs really just to do this one game. So normally in other like do or die games, there's a much better reward if you win the game, uh, either you're winning a title or going to the World Series or something. Here it's just like oh great, you're just in the division series so it's not even like that much of a reward but it's like all the risk and it's all the stress so what is your prediction for this game tomorrow night it's gonna be it's gonna be a close game there's no way uh at this point i don't think either these teams are gonna get blown out it's gonna come down to the wire i think cole's gonna pitch well and i think the biggest key that the yankees have going for them is one part that they really struggle with all season that is really starting to finalize is their bullpen is like the best it's been really all season i think you know obviously severino going forward will be a starting pitcher again he's a starting pitcher um but i think being him in the having him in the bullpen is is a real key especially if cole struggles early or maybe they run up a big pitch count and they need someone to come in and take a couple innings so especially compared to the way the red Sox pen is lined up right now. I think that gives them a huge advantage in the totally late innings. Agree. The Yankees have already gotten to their pen in each of those late games. That's how they pulled away. They got to the bullpen both times with Judge and Stan hitting big home runs. So if they keep it close, keep it to one or two runs, maybe even Cole just, you know, vintage Cole shoves for seven innings, that would be even better. But if you keep it three, two, four, three in the late innings, that I think that gives them the beat, gives them the advantage, and I think they could pull it out. So I think, yeah. you know, I, th- I think they'll win, you know, one run game um, and, and go from there. I'm going to go 4-2 Yankees, and I, I really think that uh, the Red Sox have been... Part of the thing with the Red Sox is... Well, how I phrase this, but like they weren't expecting to be here, I feel right. like. you know They weren't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. They had a great year. The Yankees, if they lose this game you know, heads are going to roll. This is going to be a, a bad situation. I have to think, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, you were talking earlier this year when you were on here, you know, is Boone safe Is Cashman mm-hmm. safe. And I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, even if they win this game, if they were to lose to Tampa, what does that mean? Because this is a Yankees team. As you mentioned, the expectation, this is the New York Yankees. You're supposed to finish above the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays are not supposed to win this division. Uh, two years in a row now. Yep. Um, and of course, last year was a COVID year. But I mean, I think that, and I guess with that logic, you could say, well, there's more pressure on the Yankees and there's there's less pressure on the Red Sox and they're able to play free. 
I think the Yankees have been in this situation so many times before. There is experience that um, will play a factor in dealing with these wild card games. And I don't think the Red Sox have ever been in a wild card game. No, never. First one. Yeah, yeah. it's the first time they've been in one, which is kind of a weird thing. But they both, yeah, they've either won the division, they won the division in 18. Um, I think that's the only time they've. 13. And, oh, no, yeah. that was. Yeah, they have the wild card game. That No. I think they won. And then they won the division in 17, too, I think. Um, so yeah. They didn't, have to, they didn't have to do the game there. But yeah. Um, It'll be yeah. It'll be interesting how they react. Obviously, JD Martinez is banged up, so I think he should take the day off and rest the ankle. No need to push it, uh, save himself <laughs> uh, for next season. He can take the day off. Um, and I think that'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And then, I mean, I know I said the bullpen's good, but like the one X factor is Chapman. Like, I mean, he's been a lot better down the stretch, but he just does not pitch well against the Red Sox at all. And if they like, they're putting him out there in the ninth inning of a one run game. Uh, they cannot let him end their season again. I think if depending upon if Loaiza has pitched in the yeah. game yet or if Severino's pitched in the game yet, have them both ready to go. And which I mean, you can only tell early. The first pitch goes to the backstop. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird night. Um, so you gotta gotta be ready to pull the strings. And Boone, Boone's interesting because I thought he had his one of his best managerial days as a Yankee in the in game one sixty two. I thought he did he handled the bullpen very well. I thought he put people in, in the right spots, but he hasn't always done that as well as he could. So um, that's going to be a big, big gut check to see how Boone handles this game. Yeah, I'm going to say Yankees 4-2. That's my yeah. prediction. Yeah, I think that's probably sounds about right. Yeah, like medium scoring. Um, and hopefully, I mean, look, hopefully Cole still seven, seven shutout innings and, uh, you know, we cruise to a 5 nothing win. But I, it'll be close. For some reason, I'm just picturing... Like this is my one prediction about the game in terms of where the runs are going to come home come from. Kyle Schwarber is going to hit a two run bomb mm-hmm. into right field. That's those are the two runs for the Red Sox. I'm calling it. Okay, look out for it. <laughs> All right, we'll do the NL wild card and then we can circle back. Uh, mm-hmm. So Dodgers and the Cardinals. Now the the Cardinals, of course. Let's see. Well, how many wins did these teams finish with? Uh, Dodgers won one of six. And I mean, it's one second here. You know how many Cardinals won? I think they were, I think I saw it was 15 apart. So I think they won 91. Is that right? Yeah, that's, uh, it was, yeah, 90. So 90. Oh, maybe it was the, yeah, 16 games. 16 games apart. So 16 games, one, one game season on the line. And, you know, to tell the truth, as much as I love this Dodgers team, as good as they are, and really, on paper, they should be the team that, if they get out of this game, should not and maybe not run through the playoffs, but they should be the NL team. I think they're set up the best. Mm-hmm. They're not entering the postseason at the right time because Kershaw's on the 10-day DL. Max Muncy has an elbow injury, and according to Dave Roberts, is very unlikely to play tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of feeling St. Louis here as this hot team that slides into the wild card, maybe goes on a run. Uh, at the very least, we're going to have two excellent veteran pitchers out there on the on the bump with Adam Wainwright and Max Scherzer. Uh, what are your what's what are you looking at with this game? Uh, it's very interesting. You know, you got the Cardinal Devil Magic back in full force. Um, <laughs> you got Adam Wainwright still going. It's unbelievable. This guy, he's just. Uh, he, 
you, every time you think his career is about to be riding off to the sunset, he puts together another year here. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the NL again. It's like, how is he still doing this? Um, and there's no way he's going to be intimidated by this spot. Not the slightest going into LA. He'll, he'll be very composed, be able to pitch himself very well. And for the Dodgers, like, yeah, you know, they have a lot of depth with Scherzer, Bueller, and uh, Uraris in the rotation, but all three of them can't impact this game. Like, I mean, maybe they'll bring out Bueller or something like that in a big spot if they need to, but. Um, if Scherzer doesn't have it, and, you know, Scherzer's pitched well in the postseason, but he's also had some spots where he struggled. So, um, like kind of similar. Well, I think we'll be able to tell early with Scherzer what type of game we're going to have. He kind of think he struggled a little bit down the stretch as well. So, um, it's going to be close. There's no, like the Cardinals are like I, I hate this term, but they're a professional organization. <laughs> um, so that I don't see them getting blown out in this spot. I think they're going to keep it close, and I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a lead early on to put the the fear of God into the Dodgers here and see how they react. But I think. I still think the Dodgers have enough pieces and I think the Cardinal kind of luck got them, not luck, but the Cardinal run got them into this spot. And at some point it's going to fade out and I don't see them going like, you know, Colorado Rocky run where they, you know, run all the way into the world series. But so I, I think the Dodgers pulled out. I think they fall behind early and people, Oh my God, here we go. It's the, the Cardinals are going to do it again. And I think uh, they get to Wainwright maybe six, seventh, six, seventh, eighth inning and they pull out, uh, you know, kind of a late-ish comeback one. So the other thing I want to bring up, Los Angeles Dodgers have never played in a wild card game before because they've won the NL West for the last eight years. Right now, this is nine straight years in the postseason. Heck of a run, um, but this is foreign territory for them. And I feel, you know, I just got a weird gut feeling that the Cardinals are going to win this game, and there's going to be something weird similar to a couple years ago when they had that early exit uh, mm-hmm. with the Washington Nationals. Um, and look, they're so good. They're so talented. I really do think that if, you know, if the Dodgers lose this game, NL, NL uh, playoffs are wide open. Wide open, yeah. Wide open. Because if they win this, I would truly pick them to go to the World Series. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick them to get past this Cardinals team, though. I think this is a bad spot for them. And I'm going to say the Cardinals win this game. And I think it's going to be a, a like a weird game. Like it could be like six, five, mm-hmm. something like that. And I could see, let's say a, uh, hmm, Paul Goldschmidt with a big hit late in the game off, mm-hmm. uh, a unnamed Dodgers reliever. I don't know which reliever. It'll be. <laughs> I think the one thing for the Dodgers that helps is they did get, I know this it was a real season, all that talk, but they did get the monkey off their back last season, winning a title, uh, I know Kershaw obviously hurts, so he's not going to play as much of a factor right now. But getting for this core, this team, to, that they got a title. I think if they had lost the World Series last year and then they're going into here with the one game, there is oh my a lot of pressure yeah. in this one game. At the very least, they got the monkey off their back last year with the title. So it does, obviously, this will not be viewed as a successful season if they lose this one game, but it does lighten the load a little bit, the fact that they are coming off at least having won the title the year before. All right, so let's jump back to the AL side. And, of course, we have this. We both have the Yankees. Could be the Red Sox, and in theory, by the time people are listening to this, we could be dead wrong on both these wildcard games. Mm -hmm. Um, At least one of us will be right about the NL, so that's a good thing. Um, But we have the potential to entirely flop on this AL thing. So Rays versus a division rival, either Yankees or Red Sox. Really, I, I mean, last year we were we had such a great treat with that Yankees Ray series. Obviously, not for you, 
mm-hmm. but for the baseball fans such as myself, that was a heck of a series, hard fought, yep. uh, great games. I don't know if it's as close this year between the Yankees and the Rays in terms of where they stand. Last year, you know, two years ago, the Yankees were superior to them, clearly. Last year, they were pretty even. This year, yep. the Rays seem like the superior team. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's what made this like last couple weeks so interesting is like they're battling so hard to get the wild card. They want to get like I want them to get in so bad, but the back like I truly I they're they're just not as good as the race. Like obviously in a postseason series, anything could happen. The Yankees or Red Sox win that game. Um anyone can win a best of five. So I, I've seen the Yankees as heavy favorites lose these type of series before. So it could go the other way, absolutely. But in my the Rays, like this is I think the best team. Like they're so deep, their pitching is so strong. Um they have so much depth in their entire lineup. Uh, I just love all the pieces that they have. Well, I, I think this could be the postseason. That I think Wander Franco is already a, a well-known name uh, in MLB circles, but he puts together a year. like I, I'm picturing the way Evan Longoria really busts onto the scene in that 08 season where, yeah, everyone in baseball knew him, but then all of a sudden he propels the team to the World Series, and now he's like a household name. And I could really see that for him because he's that level of, of player. They have that level of, of talent on that team. Um, and yeah, I, I think whether it's the Yankees or the Red Sox, I think four games. Um, I think the Rays pull it out. Maybe they, if they drop one of the ones in Tampa or they drop a game three, um, I, I think they'll 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 get through the division round. I think in four games, a gentleman sweep, which is what I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking as well. I think Rays in four. They live to see another day. It'll be. I mean, I mean, I would love to see Yankees Rays, and I'd love to th- see things get chippy as they mm-hmm. did last year at late yeah. in the regular season, and that would give us a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going race here. Um, this Astros White Sox series is one that I feel like, look, I favor the Astros, but truly nothing would surprise me with this mm-hmm. series. Like I could see the Astros sweeping. I could see this going to five. I honestly don't know. Um, my take on the White Sox is I, I really think the one thing that is the saving grace for them is they did win like six of their last eight or seven of the last nine prior to that they had been very mediocre for about two months and it just started to feel like the Sox team is maybe a year away Mm -hmm. um i also do i the one edge i would give them in terms of in-game managing i think tony larusa is a superior in-game manager to dusty baker i've seen you know, I love Dusty. He's a great leader, but there have been so many times in these playoff series where we're just like, Dusty, what are you doing here, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, I think it's a very close series. Like I, I lean Astros because I think ex- the experience of that that especially that lineup, top to bottom, like they've been through as as many battles as any core uh, in baseball right now. So I think people. I mean, I think a lot of people think like, "Oh, the Astros had all these punishments." They're you know they, they're not nearly as good as they were. Like their lineup is just as is as good or as deep as it's ever been. Um, I know they lost Verlander, which again I thought, well, good that maybe the Astros would go away, but they you know, they really <laughs> got they really battle through that. I don't, I'm not entirely sure how they've pieced together the pitching, but they really have pieced together very strongly. And they, uh, I, I agree with Dusty. I I I question him in a big spot. Um, we've seen him falter. Uh, you know, going back to his Cubs days for sure. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how he handles the big spot. But I think this lineup uh, can overcome it. And I worry about the White Sox. I worry about the White Sox hitting in a big spot. I worry about it, as good as their bullpen has been. We've seen some cracks in it. Kimbrel, I, I know he's Man. had a good year, but coming over the White Sox, he really struggled. And 
I, I've seen him kind of, you know, I go back to his 18 playoff run with the Red Sox. He really, really, really was about to melt down at every every moment, it seemed like. So I question how the bullpen will handle a big spot against an Astro lineup that you're not just going to overpower and blow away. They Again, they don't really strike out that much. They're going to make that bullpen battle and, and get through it. So I lean Astros. I think they'll pull it out four or five games. Um, and, and I think we're set up for, uh, in my mind, an Astros raise uh, LCS. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell with the Cubs and let's see how many appearances, uh, 39 appearances with the Cubs. He had a 0.49 ERA and then with the White Sox in 24 appearances, a 5.09 ERA. Now, a lot of people have different ideas. Does he struggle when he changes teams and Mm -hmm. changes scenery? Is it that he struggles late in the season? Is it that he is not a ninth inning guy or he's not an eighth inning guy because he's been pitching in the eighth inning? You don't want right. to mess up Liam Hendricks. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think it's going to be a good series. I think the Sox are going to lose in five games, however. Um, but I think 90% of baseball fans are rooting for the White Sox. Oh, and yeah. the White Sox are clearly a more likable team. Like mm-hmm. I, I always say, like I'm... I'm unbiased. I try to do my best to be unbiased and not have like feelings weigh into things. And I I think I do a pretty good job of that. The only team in baseball that I legitimately have bad feelings towards is the Astros. Like I've Mm -hmm. been able to tone it down with everyone else. Astros. It's just, they disgraced the game. It was an absolute mess. I do like dusty though. I'm happy for him that he's found success. Um, He's a stand-up guy and has had a great career and, Dusty's never won a World Series as a manager, so it'd be cool yep. to see him win one. That would be the one kind of positive from this. My other concern with the White Sox, look, I, I think they're probably going to need to add another starting pitcher this offseason, and Carlos Rodon is going to be a free agent. Uh, Lance Lynn has been fantastic this year. In fact, he was a guy who was in that Cy Young conversation yep. for a little he while. Um, but I have a concern with them in terms of uh, fielding, actually. They have a lot of guys on their team, uh, whether it's Aloy Jimenez or Tim Anderson. Um, the, there are other guys on that list that are not exceptional defensive players. Um, they're not a great defensive team. And I like teams that play good defense. I mean, that the Astros, say what you will about them. Bregman, Correa, Altuve, all those guys are great defensively. Um when you go into these postseason series, everything's pressurized. One error can mm-hmm. screw up an entire inning. It can screw up a game. It can screw up a season. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Astros in five here against the White Sox. Yeah, and I, you know the White Sox obviously haven't really had a big game really in months. I, I got probably their biggest game, quote unquote, is just the Field of Dreams game, just because of the the, <laughs> yeah. the ambiance and the scenery. But I mean, they've had the division on lock for a long time now and they've i mean they've they've struggled against these playoff caliber teams they struggled against the yankees struggled against the astros they they, they you know they got to beat up on some of the in-division games which you know good for them that that's what you know you play who's on your schedule if you, you know sometimes you catch a lucky break with how your division shakes out um so you can't take that away from them but when you look at it to the postseason you gotta factor that in and i think you know they struggle against some of the the upper echelon teams and i think the astros obviously fit that billing so i, I think uh i think they're gonna give them a run for their money yeah, the you mentioned the struggling against teams with a winning record. So they only played 56 games against teams that are above 500. So mm-hmm. that's less than 
I guess that's about a third of your games. And uh, the the Astros played 77 games above 500 or against teams that are above 500. And in those games, the White Sox had a losing record, 27 and 29. Mm-hmm. The Astros, 45 and 32. So that's indicative to me that the Astros are beating they're beating good teams, and yep. that's important. You're not going to play Cleveland. You're not going to play Detroit in these postseason series. Um, unfortunately, I think the White Sox are a year away um, from, you know, I, I think I had, let's see, going into the season, I said Braves over the White Sox was my preseason pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the White Sox aren't there yet. Uh, maybe they signed Robbie Ray this offseason. Maybe they had another guy. Um, we'll see. I mean, that they're, they're on the up. They don't have to win it right now. I mean, maybe their manager's not going to be around for 10 years, but this mm-hmm. team, this course yeah. should be around for a little while. Yeah, I mean, you see this across sports. It's very rare that the first time like a core of a, of a team breaks into the postseason, they go on a run and win the title. Usually it takes one or t- at least one or two knocks on the door where you get your experience, you lose a round, maybe you make it to the title game and then lose, and then finally you, you break through. It is very rare that you see a team after a long drought with a whole new crop of young kids really bust in and win a title their first year. So it's not that it can't happen, but it's just not something you see very often. And then we've got the Giants in York situation facing the Dodgers, which mm-hmm. would be uh, – that's a series I'd want to see more than the than the Cardinals as much as I – though I'm picking the Cardinals and the Cardinals are a great story. This Giants-Dodgers, all these games – I know you're on the East Coast. I'm on Central Time, so yeah. you're you have to go to bed an hour, in theory, an hour before I do. Um, but if I'm ever up late and I got my MLB TV, I try to watch when these teams play each other. I at least try to watch the first three, four innings. The games have been so entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had. Uh, I think that was was it was it. Uh, I think it was recently they had a no no that was a Padres game, but. Between those three teams, the games were very interesting. They're very fun. Um, and really, like we, we mentioned with the Giants, this is a team that nobody saw coming. They did have the better record between the two teams when they played each other um, this season. And uh, I, I, I would prefer to see that as a matchup. But, uh, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that as a potential matchup? Yeah, I, you know, obviously the Dodgers come in with it's seemingly an edge in talent from top to bottom, but the Giants just have something this year. They just have that that secret sauce of how they line up, uh, their, the way they play matchups, the way they have their pinch hitters come in late, the way they have the timely hitting. Like I know, you know, you project year to year, timely hitting, running scoring position is not always, uh, you know, repeatable year to year, but within a year, sometimes you just catch lightning in a bottle and you get on those runs and you get these hits where you you just consistently get those hits when you need it. And the Giants are just, I mean, they won 107 games. Like, I think it was, what, the most in the National League it, I, I don't in a long time to, to win 107 games. You have to be doing something right. Um, so I know the Dodgers won 106. So they're just, they did one thing a little bit less. Uh, but I, I think, I really hope we see Dodge, uh, Dodgers Giants. I think it's going to be a war. I think, the way the Giants have played this year, they've just pulled every game that they needed to out. Every time that there was some doubt, every time the Dodgers got a little bit closer, the Giants were able to punch back. I think they do it again. I think the Giants take it. I think it goes to five. I think the Giants get some wacky, weird pinch hit <laughs> ninth inning win, and they, they pull out a, a serious win. But that's what the Giants have done all year. Um, I, I, it's hard to pick against them 
the way they've played all year. They just haven't shown me a reason why I wouldn't. So, I, yeah, I say Giants knock out the Dodgers in five games. And as much as I'm a believer and a fan of momentum with my Cardinals uh, pick, I, I, I'm going to favor the Giants against the Cardinals. And also, I mean, I, I think it's good. We're both kind of presenting what these series could look like because at least one of us will be right, thankfully. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the Cardinals, it'd be very interesting because you'd have a team that's the hot team and then the team that was the best team this season. The Giants just feel like a team of destiny. They feel like this is their year to really to win the pennant, to make a deep run. Realistically, look, neither of us believed them, uh, them this whole year. And I know it's going to sound like I'm like, yeah, oh, you're doubting them again. It, it doesn't feel like they're going to have some big run here where they're going to do this three, four years in a row. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is the run. Brandon Crawford's hitting free agency, Buster Posey. How many more years of, but you know, peak Buster Posey, or if you even yeah. want to say this is peak Buster Posey, do you have left? Um, I think the giants are going to capitalize on this. And I love, I really love what the giants rotation has given them this year. And it's been a, a, a group of guys who are cast offs. Kevin Gossman, very high draft pick who mm-hmm. showed some potential in Baltimore, but never quite put it all together. Uh, Anthony DiSclefani, uh with the Reds. He was always a, a solid pitcher, took his game to the next level. Uh, in terms of uh, Alex Wood was another guy we saw this year. Johnny Cueto with a little bit of a uh, he, he we didn't see too much of him. Logan Webb. Who's the other guy I'm blanking on? They had another cast off guy. Um, let me, I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me yeah. see if I can. Well, you're an up. AL fan, so yeah. I should know this. I should be the expert on this one. Let's see. Wait, could you say Cueto? They had Cueto for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know who's gone is Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja is not on a team. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll look it up here. Let me what pull a throwback up. that is. <laughs> I was thinking, I was watching like old Jeff Samarja game recently, like on the MLB or the Marquee Network. I was watching mm-hmm. like an old Cubs game, and I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty wild." Jeff Samarja was like the best Cubs pitcher for like two or three years. Yeah, <laughs> oh, talks about she played football. <laughs> yeah, Missed he those. did. He was a great football player. Mm-hmm. He's from he's from the region of Valparaiso, Indiana, where I went to college. Okay. Hey. Um, I Scott Casimir was the other guy who mm. we saw a little bit of Dominic Leone. Now Casimir's injured, so we're gonna see Wood, Discalfani, Webb, and Gossman is probably the that's probably gonna be the four unless they feel confident in Cueto mm-hmm. giving him a postseason game. I really, I, 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 I did not think that I would say this in March when I was doing this uh, preview. Man, I love this rotation of all these guys. Like, I know I said, like, I said they're going to be lucky if one of them pays off. They've all panned out. Everyone, yeah. And I, I, I love the chemistry of this team. I love what each of these guys gives them. Um, so I'm going to take the Giants, and I'm going to say four games against the Cardinals. I mean, you said five against the Dodgers. Yeah. Anything yeah, to watch for in that series for you? I mean, it. It. You got to see if. You know, the way the Dodgers come out of the wild card game, I think it'd be interesting if they have if Scherzer struggles, if they have to burn Bueller at any point during that game, does that then reshuffle some of the rotation? I think that's gonna be a a, a big factor. And then 
uh, for the Dodgers, how their bullpen handles it. I think that's a could be what may lead to their downfall. I think they're going to rely heavily on their starting pitching. I think for the Giants, you know, again, do the buttons they push work perfectly every time? I think the Giants, I mean, I think the Dodgers would have more of a margin of, of error going into the series just because of the level of talent that they have. Um, but the way the Giants have, again, the way that Gabe Kapler has managed that team, the way he's pushed the right buttons on the late game pitch in, late game rotation and, and bullpen decisions, if he keeps that up and, you know, if the Dodgers pull out like a late game win, especially early on, I know it's a five game series, so everyone's big. But if they pull out like a weird game, all of a sudden that may shift. Like, oh, maybe the Giant Magic is kind of over. I think the Giants are going to be the team that needs to pull out, you know, uh, a ninth inning comeback win. Uh, if they're giving those up, then that's you know obviously a, uh, would would go a long way into their demise. You know, I think the thing that I'll add on to that with the Giants is the fact that they slog a lot of home runs, and that's not a hitter's park. So I, I like when you see a team that, okay, we can hit them out of, if we can hit them out of Oracle Park, then we can hit them out of anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you see, you know, some of these AL East teams, they play in a, in a hitter's park and it's like, okay, now you go out to Oakland. And I remember that was a concern a couple of years ago when the A's and the Yankees play each other, the wild card. I think it was either, I think it was 2018 or 19, 18. Mm-hmm. It was 18. 18. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, there were so many home runs that the Yankees, those guys would have hit, um, would not have hit if they were playing all their home games uh, in in Oakland. Um, yep. So that's the thing I look for with the Giants. And it's also timely hitting. The final series that we have here, and then we can briefly kind of give our big picture picks for the rest of the postseason. Brewers and the Braves, uh, the battle of the current Milwaukee team versus the former Milwaukee team. And, uh, you know, this is, I think this is probably the one that I'm the most, well, if we get Giants Dodgers, that'll be the best series for sure. Um, this one, I feel like feels the toughest to predict is what I should say. And I think because it's hard to predict, it it should make for a good series. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's interesting. These are both teams that kind of contrary to the White Sox, they've both been here a couple of braves, a little bit more. They were very close, uh, last year to, to go to the World Series, but the Brewers have had their postseason moments recently. They haven't been able to come through. Um, so both teams have some experience. Um, I love obviously with with Burns and Woodruff that those top two, the fact that they're going to be lined up, you know, go to one, two, uh, maybe if you go short rest four, but if they're at least one, two, and five uh, in a short series. I love Hader in the back end. I worry about the Braves back end of the bullpen. I worry about the Brewers hitting. So it's like a very fun contrast where. Each of them have pretty clear flaws, but also very clear strengths, and it'll be—it's all going to come down to which of their top players deliver. Does Freddie Freeman? Do they? Does he put together a big series? Can the Brewers starters put together uh, and really push them, push them through uh, a postseason series? And you know, I—I I, I always have a sauce. I love the Brewers team. I just love their scrappiness. I love. Uh, but I love Woodruff. I, I, you know, I had him in you know fantasy a couple years ago when he really bust onto the scene. So I've always had like a special place in my heart for him. Um, so I, I would love to see the Brewers win, especially because they. I mean, I think back to their game against the Nationals that they that they had they blew late. Yeah. That just just must have just been so crushing. So and they went to. Uh, I think they went to a game seven the year before that in twenty. Yeah, this, they've been right there. Rogers, they've been yeah. right there. Yeah. So both of them have been right there. Both uh, Brewers and Braves the last few years. So I think this year the Brewers are able to push through. I think Adamas is able to push them through have a good series um i think for the brewers to win it's got to be all low scoring games they're not gonna really be putting up much eight nine spots uh to win a postseason game uh so i i think woodruff and burns really 
put this team on the back and, and get them uh, a postseason win that they've you know really struggled to get recently. So I agree with basically everything you said, but my concern with the Brewers, the real key for them is if they can just get enough offense, they just need like two guys to heat up. If two guys can heat up, maybe like Luis Urias, he seems like the type of guy who could heat up here or uh, Colton Wong, like a couple guys mm-hmm. like that. And now all of a sudden they're giving you some big at bats. Um, is Lorenzo Kane playing right now? Yeah, I think he's back. Yeah. Lorenzo Kane yeah. would be another they, one. Like yep. they they have guys who are capable of heating up. And if they heat up, look out. The Brewers could go the Brewers could win the World Series with yep. this when you have three, like you have two dominant pitchers and a third pitcher who's very, very good. I wouldn't call Freddie Peralta dominant, but mm-hmm. he's very, very good. Um the key is if is the offense gonna show up? Because if it doesn't, the Braves are gonna slug. A little bit, even even against the even against the Brewers bullpen, even against the Brewers starters. Uh, and you know what? The, the other thing that's interesting, the Brewers. I saw this on MLB Network, and this was probably I'll give credit to. I, I want to say it was Dan O'Dowd. I think he was pointed out. He's great, former uh, Rockies GM. Mm-hmm. He was pointing out that the Brewers are among league worst in hitting breaking balls. Of, of all teams. They're like 28th, mm. 29th. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of breaking balls with Max Freed and Charlie Morton. So yep. I think this is going to go the distance. I think it's going to go to seven or sorry. It's going to go to five. It's, I wish this was a seven game series. I think it'd be a great series. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see like, who's the, the Braves are going to go with Morton Freed. And then who are they going with after that? Uh, Inoa. Anderson, probably, probably Anderson, or maybe yeah, maybe they turn some things into like a bullpen game, like a opener type of type situation to really push the bottom line. Or maybe they can they push more uh, freed on short rest if they needed to in a game four. They tried um, that a couple years ago with uh, was it Fulty or mm-hmm. I think it was Fulty, and it did not turn out well for them. Um, I yeah, I think it's really interesting because last year the key to their postseason success was all these young pitchers just stepping up uh, in a time when it's like, you know, you know, it's interesting is last year felt like a bonus year for the Braves because they lost Soroka and they lost Cole Hamels and they lost, they ended up DFAing Fulte and it's kind of like, all right, well, this is a good time to just kind of give our postseason our pitchers some postseason reps to better them for the future. Mm-hmm. And now here they are in a similar type of situation where it's like, yeah, the Braves aren't supposed to win the World Series. They're they're not supposed to be here considering yeah. all the guys they lost. Uh, man, I think this is really tough one for me to uh, predict. I will go with the Braves in five because I think you're going to go down to five. And I think that I, I have a little more confidence as much as I love the Brewers pitching. I, I just don't have enough confidence in their uh, in their offense to consistently produce. Yeah, if they just had one or two more bats, they'll just be jumping ahead. I, I really do think they would be really strong World Series contenders, and I would love to see it. But, yeah, I think maybe they can get enough timely hits. I think they will for this series just to push them through. But to get through who I think will be the Dodge, uh, who I think will be the Giants, um, I, I, I don't think they have enough for a seven-game full series uh, to get those four wins. So 
uh, I wish they had. I wish they at the at the deadline added you know all the Cubs guys that were floating around. I wish they were able to go you know snag one of them and put hit put one of either a Rizzo or a Brian or a Baez in the middle of their lineup. I think that would have made all the difference in the world uh, for them in a postseason situation. So uh, I, I think I, I think they'll get past the Braves, but um, I, I don't see their offense unless, like we said, unless someone gets really a couple guys get really hot for you know this this level of stretch. I don't see how they can get past the the Giants. Alex Anthopoulos, is he the executive of the, the of the year this year in baseball? Yeah, I think that's that'll be interesting. I mean, I think there's a few guys that are beyond that list. Obviously, you know, it's tough to give it to someone like well, running the Dodgers with all that money, but the fact that they pull off the the trade to get <laughs> Scherzer and Turner and really, again, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if that if it propels them to a title. But if it does, like that's an, uh, a league altering deal, especially because if Scherzer goes to the Padres, I think you're talking to, you know, the Padres are probably in that wild card spot, which Scherzer going against the Dodgers in that game. Uh, so to be able to pull off that deal, there's, there's a bit, a lot of interesting trades and deals and teams overperforming. They can give it to a few other executives. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that kind of shakes out. Yeah. I think the, I just, the reason I bring it up, the, what the Braves did this year as you mentioned, like if the Brewers, the Brewers could have had a couple of these guys the Braves picked up. Mm-hmm. It was Jock Peterson or Jorge Soler yeah, or Rosario. Uh, yeah, Rosario. And there's another guy, another outfielder they picked up. Uh, blanking on his name right now. Oh, Adam Duvall. They brought back Adam Duvall. And like all those guys just start slugging for them. They came in, they start platooning, and they entirely like remade their entire outfield. And I mean, again, like people were saying the Braves should have sold at the deadline and here they are. They win the division for the fourth straight year. And it's it feels like you bring back Acuna, you mm-hmm. figure out the Zuna thing, you know, whether you get him back or you're able to void that contract and pick up something else. And you bring back Freddie Freeman. You look at the state of the NL East. Do any of those teams scare you like this? The Braves are on their way. They've now won it three years in a row, and regardless of what happens in this series, they're they're on a similar uh, type of run that they're at the early stages of it of what the Dodgers have done with the NL West. Yeah, and I think they have uh, a front office and a, to, that's willing to spend money. I mean, whether you want to call it luck or stupidity on you know Acuna's and uh, I'll be side, they got those guys locked up to very team friendly deals that allow them to spend money. Whether it's going out and spending big, at the very least, maybe locking up Freeman or it may be bringing in another uh, big time player or even just spreading some of the money around, so it gives them that flexibility of adding uh, to that or to that team. And yeah, I mean. You know, you got the, obviously the Nationals are in a full-on rebuild. The Phillies are an interesting spot. Um, you know, they, uh, to see what other pieces they'll bring in. The Marlins are an up, up, up and coming team, and then you know who knows with the Mets. I mean, they're you know they're one you know, one moment you think they're the next coming of a, a strong team, and then they're booing their own fans. So you never know what they <laughs> they might do. Uh, so, but yeah, but I mean, the Braves are the class of that division. They have all the pieces intact, and I think they won't be shy to go out there and bring in even more talent to keep it going. Absolutely. All right. Your AL champion is who? You got the Rays and the Astros. Who you got? Uh, I think it's the Rays. I think they've just been the best team in this league all year long. Um, you know, they won the they won the pennant last year. I think they're even better this year. Uh, I, I think they have all the pieces right there. I think 
Uh, I, I think they beat the Astros in five or six games. I, don't, I maybe even less. I don't think it'll be that close. I think the Astros are good. I just think the Rays are that good. I think the, their pitching is so strong. They, I, they, they, I, I didn't even realize this until it came up. They led the league in offense in run scored. Um, so their top to bottom is so depth. They're they're so deep. They're so. I mean, they do everything. They have speed. They have power. They have defense. They, their bullpen is strong. Like they have every piece that you might think of in a postseason series that they could beat you in any different way. So, yeah, I, I think the Rays come out of this league. I have the Rays as well. And I want to give another uh, shout out to someone. Buck Showalter was on MLB Network today. It was fun to see, you know, the old Yankee skip Buck mm-hmm. Showalter. And Buck was saying like in Buck's such an old school guy to hear him talk about the Rays. is just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But also he brought up a great point. He's like, that's a team that maximized on their roster based on the ballpark that they're in. Like they're in a ballpark where, yeah, they got a weird turf and they're weird stadium lights and they got good outfielders. who can catch those balls and they got guys who are going to hit it out of that small park mm-hmm. and they win a lot of games. They, they make things happen and we'll see if they move to Montreal or if they, what will probably happen is my guess is they're going to build a new stadium. It'll be in Tampa Right. That's what I think will happen. It'll be much cooler than the trough. Can't be we'll... worse. Can't be worse. <laughs> have you been? I haven't. I, don't know. I have really no desire. Um, <laughs> it just looks like a, it's a very sad place to watch a baseball game. So hopefully so, they move. I once heard it described as like, it looks like the way that like a freshman in college would like decorate yeah. a dorm room with just yeah. all kinds of just random decorations everywhere. <laughs> Even just like the outside of it looking in, it's like, you know, you're, you know, Florida, it's beautiful weather. It's 80, 85 degrees. You got beaches and it's just like this like steel thing in just the <laughs> middle of nowhere. That's so gross. And you got pop-ups hitting beams and you're like, what, what is that? What does that beam mean? Is that a home run or is that a foul ball? What is that? What is that rule? Oh yeah. Get, get out of that stadium. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to visit it next year, I think. And I'm very curious to see. I mean, at the very least, I'll get to see some stingrays out there right. in the outfield. We'll, we'll see. I mean, all ballparks are fun, but uh, it will be interesting when they build their new stadium, most likely in Tampa. That's what I think will happen. And it'll be probably publicly funded to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. When that happens, what kind of stadiums do they build and how do they construct their roster as a result? I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, and maybe now, I mean, everything that I hear from the, you know, I, amazingly, I have a few Tampa fans on my Twitter feed that like that they, they swear by the fact that people will go to the games. It's just so far away. It's like St. Pete's like nowhere near yeah. the, where the fans will go. So they put a stadium in Tampa. People will go. Um, yeah. And if they go, does that bring in more money? Are they now all of a sudden spending more money? And what does that mean for how they handle some of their big players? And are they not trading off some of it? Does it worry about their farm system? So it'll be interesting to see what more money potentially would do to a franchise that is at such a good foundation right now. Um, maybe it'll be worse. Maybe they're better off not, you know, taking on some of these albatross contracts that hurt other teams. So, uh, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I think they got to get out of St. Pete, build like a good, fun, cool stadium and not a concrete, you know, dump <laughs> in the middle of St. Pete. I don't know why, why they put it in St. Pete. I don't know why it's in St. Pete. Have you been in that Tampa area, Brian? Yeah, I've been in the Tampa area. Um, the Tampa area is nice. Like, you yeah, know, you got it's beaches and nice. stuff. It's very fun. But yeah, the, where the stadium is, like, I, I went down to the Yankee Spring training area and that's much uh, in that area. And yeah, like that stadium is, is gorgeous. Make the, the Tampa, the, the race, you just play there. Um, <laughs> it would be a lot, a lot more better of an attraction. Um, so yeah, I don't know why they put the stadium over there. All right. So 
I'm also going with the Rays for the same reasons as you. Uh, I'm not going to give a number on that series because I'm going to be predicting that uh, a week from now on our next episode, our next baseball episode. Um, so we'll do a little deeper preview on that then. But I big picture, I got the Rays. Giants and the Brewers on your uh, NL side of the bracket. Who do you like, Brian? I still like the Giants. I think they just had that thing going. Again, I wish the Brewers have a couple, a little more offense. You know, if I see them come out of that brief series, pounding the ball a little bit more, putting up some runs, I think they would be able to give the Giants a run for yeah, their money because 100%. of their pitching. Um, but if, you know, if they're scrapping out together 2-1 wins over the Braves, they're really tooth and nail, then I'm going to be worried about how they're going to handle a Giant team. That is going to, you know, they they are going to be able to put up some runs. I know it doesn't seem like it was, you look at some of the names in the lineup, but they've had a lot of good years. They hit good pitching. Um, they had to get through the gauntlet of the NL West. So I think, you know, facing Woodruff and, and Burns will be tough, but I think they've, they've handled it all through the year. So they'll be able to do it again. So the Brewers are going to have to put up four, five, six runs in some of these games to win. And I just, I just don't think they're capable of doing it. So I think the Giants win uh, probably around six games, something around there. I also am going with the Giants over the Braves in my situation. I think it's going to end up being the two best teams this season. The Giants and the Rays, we both got them. And by the way, Brian, you ever watched the Bachelor franchise? I have. Okay. You remember Jordan Kimball? I do. Yeah, he just texted me. He said, uh, Rays are going all the way. You heard it here first. Well, He's you're going to hear it here. You're going to hear it here again, because that's who I think is going to win the title, I think. Um, uh, as well you know, the Yankees and Rays have had some battles where they've, you know, been some level of hatred. But uh, with the fact that the Red Sox back in, they're always going to be my number one hated team. So, like, my hatred of the Rays isn't as strong. Let, maybe if they, you know, knock the Yankees out again, that may change. But if the Yankees don't win, I do. I, the Rays have been so close a number of years, obviously going back to 08 and now even recently losing the Dodgers. And they've just been right there. So it would be really cool. Um, to see the Rays win at all, especially with the way I mean Tampa. I mean, it's almost hard to go against Tampa as the city. They just win freaking every sport. <laughs> right. So Tampa uh, Bay. when in doubt, just bet on Tampa, and uh, <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be in good shape. So uh, I, I again, I just think as, as much as the Giants have the best record all year, I think the Rays are the best team. Um, so for that, uh, yeah, I think the Giants, they'll 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 beat the Giants, and I'm sure MLB is not going to be super happy uh, with the Rays Giants uh, World Series. You know, <laughs> we got to you know promoting these guys uh, for their marketing materials, but I, I think it'll be a very fun series, six or seven games. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think the Rays are going to they're they're going to pull it out. I'm going with the Rays as well. Uh, you know what? It feels like Robert Flores made this comparison recently. He called them Gonzaga basketball. It's mm-hmm. like they've been this like mid major. That's, that's very good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, slowly building, and now they're now they're now they're like a blue blood blue blood program. They're at the mm-hmm. top. They're gonna win eventually. It will happen one of these years. Yeah. I think it's gonna happen this year. I think they have the best team, and I think I think we're gonna see the two best teams in the World Series. I would love to also say if the Braves were to get there because uh, shout out to Jordan. Shout out to Garrett Powell, the only two Bachelorette guys who've been on this show. Garrett's a huge Braves fan, so. It'd be it'd be fun to have both their teams in the World Series here. Yeah, for the Braves, it would suck that the Braves go on this big run and make the make the World Series without Acuna, um, giving him the national spotlight. That would be a bummer. So yeah. Oh uh, but, gosh, yeah. Yeah, but well, at least the Giants have Chris Bryant. Like he's a recognizable mm-hmm. face, even though he's mm-hmm. not having like a superstar type year. Right. This is the introduction to Wander Franco. Wander's going to be like you said, he's going to be on the cover of video games. I think he's going to be. 
what Evan Longoria was in terms of like being a recognizable yep. star mm-hmm. in a brand out of Tampa. And it's the fact that you can play anywhere and be a big star, be famous. And I think Wander is going to, he's going to be that guy moving forward and people are going to get to be introduced to him. And we got to see a Rosarena last year. Yep. Um, I, I think it's, it will come together this year for the Rays. And I will go with the Tampa Bay Rays as your 2021 World Series champs. Yeah, got the double uh, double stamp over Pula. I don't know what that means. Maybe that means <laughs> based on off pace, that probably means the Red Sox are knocking them out in the first round. But, you know, I guess we'll see. No, it's funny that this is where we arrived at because we started and it's like we picked different wild card teams. Mm. And I was thinking like, oh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of disagreements. But we ended up just going with the chalk both ways. Yeah. So, you know, when 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 everyone's saying one thing, that means that the opposite is actually going to happen. And, yeah. you know, the good thing with Major League Baseball, it is a sport that's gone the longest without back to back champions. I think the aren't the Yankees the last ones, the 2000 yeah. Yankees. Yeah, the last ones to to went back to back, even just getting to the World Series is back to back times doesn't happen that much, let alone, let alone winning it. It's it's been a long time. Yeah, the Dodgers did it in 17 and 18. They lost both. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Brian, this was an absolute blast. I'm sure you got to get going here, but yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun chatting with you. And I'm sure we'll do, we'll, maybe we'll talk some uh, Maybe we'll talk some football later this winter. If not, mm-hmm. uh, I'll see you at spring training. But why don't you tell people how they can uh, subscribe to your show, yeah. tell them what you're working on and how they can follow along on social media. Yeah, so the Challenge Podcast, you can subscribe at uh, robiswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes, uh, or just search in the iTunes or wherever, Spotify, you may let's see your podcast for the Challenge our Wrap-Up Podcast with uh, Ali Lasher. Uh, we do that every week, Challenge Spies, Lies, and Allies going on right now. Um, I think All-Stars 2 is uh, coming down the, the pike at some point. Yes. Um, so we'll be there. We go. I'm well. back in on the challenge, and all stars yep. two comes out. So it's either filming now or going to start filming soon. I know they've started to work on a cast, so I think that should probably be coming out maybe sometime next year. Yeah, um, I think so, in it. Yeah, I think they're, they're they're putting together a good cast. I've seen some good names floating around there, so that that'll be a lot of fun. Um, on Twitter at uh, Cohen Brian underscore, you can uh, follow me there. Um, I'll try to keep my Yankee disgruntled <laughs> tweets to a minimum tomorrow night i might just like put my phone down i might just wait till the end of the game before you start firing stuff off uh but i'm very excited for the playoffs um hopefully yankees are a big part of it but otherwise i think there's a lot of fun storylines a lot of fun names in the mix um it's my favorite month of the year like by far um, so it's a lot it's a lot of fun stuff going on so very excited for it all so i love october as a sports month but I'm a bigger like summer guy. So I like mm-hmm. July is my favorite. And I'd probably take March because of the March madness is like yep. springtime. Things are getting warmer outside rather than cooler. But you're a fall guy. You like yeah, October? I, love, I love the cool weather. Give me 55, 60 degrees. <laughs> walk around with a nice hoodie in New York City. It's at that the, the summer here is brutal sometimes. So, uh, yeah, give me the 55 degree. 60 degree Saturday, Sunday day. It's uh, you wake up on a Sunday morning, you got a full slate of NFL games, playoff games at night. I will be playoff games at night. Uh, it's the, to me, that's the, that's the pinnacle. You wake up Saturday and you can watch Northwestern lose by 50 oh, again. <laughs> oh my God. They've, you know, I mean, they've actually been pretty good these last few years. And this is like, I don't know what, what they put together. This is a, a very rough year for uh, the walkouts. It's been like, I watched that first game and I'm like, you know, Hunter Johnson, like, he's skilled, he's talented, like, he actually looks kind of good, mm-hmm. and then I watch more of him over the next few games, I'm like, 
Yeah, he's just a classic case of like a guy who's extremely talented and skilled, but he doesn't make good decisions. He doesn't put it all together. And you see it yeah. all the time in college and NFL. Yeah, last few years they've they, they've been a fun team to watch. This year, uh, watching something else on Saturdays. Go, well, gotta watch some other teams. <laughs> Northwest <laughs> is not losing fifty six seven is uh, not going to keep the eyeballs there. Do you have a bandwagon this year? Uh, I'll see. I, I will. Uh, any team that's. Uh, you know, it's not that I don't like Alabama and Ohio State and stuff like that, but I, any, any team that's going to pop up in there, like Cincinnati's having a good, a pretty good year. So yeah. if they keep it up and they're in the playoff, I'll probably root for them. Just to put someone else in the mix. Well, it's a wild year. Oregon lost this past week. Uh, they were number three. And we're going to have four versus five Penn State, Iowa this weekend. Um, so I would love, 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 love to get Cincinnati in there. And then the other one, I mean, if BYU runs the table – their strength of schedule is much harder than it was a year ago, and that that's mm. a fun team to watch too. Yeah, Any, anything to shake up the the college football playoff landscape. I'm yeah. I'm always here for. All right, well, Brian, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming by, and I'm sure we'll chat again sometime in the future. Great, thanks so much, Jack. This is a lot of fun. All right, and that is our show for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Jack Via Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Wow, that's a new <laughs> one. <laughs> Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Leave a five-star review. Um, is this the way to close out podcasts? Am I doing this right, Brian? That is perfect. This is how I do it, yeah. <laughs> I just right, find a way to land a plane. Right, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, Object Vita, bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>